Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Heyo! Welcome to Cinematics. Episode, oh Christ, Greg. Episode two. Episode, episode 205. What? It's episode 205, Anderson. I, I, I suggest you trust me on this. Right? That's not true at all. Greg. It, it, that's, we, we've been doing this for about eight years, and uh, I'm sorry. That, that we, I should have come prepared for this. So this is episode uh, 135, Anderson. 155, yes. Much, much different than Yes, very good. And uh, I am, uh, I'm just some guy that talks about other people's movies. Greg's an actual critic. He's a certified, uh, board-certified critic, as I called you uh, the other day on the phone ball. <laughs> on the, thank you for the, thank you the, for the kind Choice words. Awards. Critics yeah. Choice Award awards, and uh, he's been doing this for like uh, 30, 40 years, yeah? Yeah, but it? Anderson, it was very touching when you said right in front of Avery and Bald Brian that it's, you have the most fun on mic with me, and you, 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 no peer pressure. You were with your, your good buddies there, and you just right on the firing line, you put me out there. So I thank you so much for that. Can I, I tell you something? Um, <laughs> I, I, I tell that to you in person all the time, and I, I'm one of these people who I guess some people would just consider this person to be an a-hole, but uh, I, I, I try not to talk behind people's backs. So if anything that I would say bad about someone behind their back, I'm always, I always try to make sure that I say it in front of their face as well. And uh, I got to tell you, I felt a little bit bad about, about that one uh, after the show. It was absolutely true. But the next day I was like, wow, I was kind of rude and mean to poor old Brian there. I didn't need to, to verbalize that. I mean, he knows. He knows that uh, he's not my favorite. But yeah, it- uh, Avery sounded surprised too, so that was really nice. That was really- I well, I tell you on this program, it's not just lip service, Greg. I love sitting down and talking to you. You got my back, and uh, it's always really good movie discussion. And it's not like playing, uh, you know, handball against the curtains, as Carol used to say, which is what it feels like with uh, with, with Brian. It's it's very difficult talking movies with that guy. Sometimes people like it. People like to hear frustration and whatnot. I like just good movie talk. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I- I love good movie talk as well. And, you know, I, I'm going to say just uh, mirror behind the curtain or curtain behind the mirror or whatever this is. We, we are doing this podcast via Zoom because of our schedules this week. So if there's any kind of situation, I want you guys to not blame Anderson. He is very, he's very Brian Wilson, Pet Sounds-esque, uh, Brian Eno sound of wall thing. He's very perfectionist. Yeah, this might sound like hell. I can't confirm that right. this actually sounds good. Greg this seems is to be on confident. Me. This is on me. The way he does it with uh, my... Uh... I yeah, better have let's not, better third. Let's not mention those guys. Okay, but no, I just yeah, Bruce, we, we don't want to mention those guys. But look, l- listeners, if you have a problem with audio this week, do not blame Anderson Cowan. I am taking full accountability of this episode. But hopefully, you guys will get good content. Anderson, I just hope I don't blame you because I'll, I'll be very upset. Oh, oh no, no, I'm, I will be upset. Oh no, I'm very intimidated. Speaking of which, Anderson, can you actually? I'm giving you a little bit of a an an out for this episode. Can you tell our listeners what's going? Where where did you just come from right now? You might not be in full strength yeah, I, Come I on. still have ties to like where i grew up so uh dental ties and i have a i have a dental issue going on right now so instead of just going to a local dentist out here i, I travel 45 minutes uh north and uh, i did that a few days ago and i did it again today thinking that i was gonna get a root canal but then they did a ct scan to see that i have a crack that goes like all the way up into my jaw essentially i i somehow broke my my tooth all the way up so they got to pull that guy, and now I got to go back out there maybe tomorrow to get it pulled. It's just, it's just, all, and it's all out of pocket, and it it costs in a fortune and causing me immense amounts of pain. So uh, I didn't have a root canal. I thought I'd be coming into this after the root canal, but I did not. 
You cannot do anything for your pain right now. No justicide you can't take. There's no pills you can take to alleviate whatever numbness you or yeah, pain I, you feel. I should probably do some Advil or something. I just haven't done. It. I don't have. I haven't had time to go find the Advil. It's in the uh, the bathroom somewhere. I got. I got I'm doing shows here. Let's 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 go. We're talking okay, about okay. the last three weeks of July. Uh, yes. I have a few pulled. Uh, it's it's oddly. For the middle of summer, it's an oddly quiet uh, last half of July. There's some interesting choices to be sure, but there's like uh, only a couple really big ones coming out. And June, July 15th, which is what we're covering first, uh, doesn't really have anything. I know you got one that you're all excited about over there, Greg. I've heard you prattle on about it already uh, personally, but uh, there's there's no, no big sexy picks for July 15th. Right. There, there's a movie right now, okay, it comes out July 15th in theaters, and I don't know, Anderson, how much, well, I'm a Gen Xer, I don't even know if you, uh, yeah, yes, you are a Gen Xer as well, how invested are you on a collateral level with Winona Ryder, because she's actually the lead actress in this movie, and she's not a lead in many what is the films. What's the movie, Gregor? It is called Gone in the Night. This is like right off the right off the dome right now. This is directed by Eli Horowitz. He's the creator behind the the Amazon series Homecoming, which starred Julia Roberts back in 2018. I really love that show, and he's the director behind Gone in the Night, and it's and it's based on his screenplay. And I think you would look. There, there are some people who are giving this this movie, which is originally called Cow, very bad reviews. I ended up, what is my nickname, Anderson? You you coined it? Four star, Greg. What do you think I gave God in the Night? Four star. Greg. Yes, yeah. yes. This is a four star film for me. I really loved it. Winona Ryder plays a, plays a woman, a Gen Xer like us. She has a much, not a much, a younger boyfriend who's a millennial. Maybe he's in his mid-30s. And he's played by John Gallagher Jr. They go out into a um, a cabin in the middle of the woods. There's some kind of sort of timeshare. They're going to spend the weekend, their romantic getaway, out in the redwoods. Mm. And lo and behold, they they encounter living in the cabin two two Gen Zers. I don't know is that the right word. Gen Zers are in their Zoomers. early and, yeah Zoomers yeah Zoomers and they're they're living in the cabin and they're they're asking these elderly these older folks like John Gallagher Jr. and one owner rider what what the heck are you doing. And they're a little bit nervous, but but what happens is they decide to actually let them in. They share a cabin for an evening, and Winona Ryder's character in the, in the next morning she finds out that her boyfriend is gone, and Gone in the Night centers on how Winona Ryder's character throughout the rest of the movie tries to find out what happened to her her boyfriend again, played by John Gallagher Jr. Dermot Moroni plays an, another guy who helps her on her quest to find her disappearing lover. Again, directed by Eli Horowitz, loved it. It's only in theaters. I. For our cinematics, Patreon, Anderson, that, that oh, we're going to plug, I'm going to, in an hour, I'm going to interview Eli Horowitz, the director. I just interviewed John Gallagher Jr. And exclusive to our Patreon feed, there will be a discussion about the ending, the really cool ending of Gone in the Night. So, spoiler. Spoiler I, I stuff. I love the spoiler because, like I said before, like the, uh, the people that make these movies uh, do these junkets and it gets, you know, I have a little bit of experience with it and it's it gets a lot of the same questions over and over again when you're out there on the junket tour and, and uh, they rarely get questions about the ends. So uh, I think it's a, it's a great angle. I, I really like that angle you came up with, Gregor. Thank and, you. And uh, it's housed on our stuff. I'll, I know you don't have time to watch so many movies, Anderson, but I'm going to actually I watch like three to five a week. I mean, that's a lot. No, what, but I mean is like you can't add – it's like compo- you can't compound yourself with like 20 movies, but I'm going to try to get you a screening. No one for- should watch 20 movies in a week. Right? <laughs> no, no one should do that. No <laughs> one can talk effectively about 20 movies if they saw in a week. Right. They that, all get that, blurred. You know what I mean? That's just too much. Yeah, it gets super blurred. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get a screening link for you so you can actually enjoy the ending as well. Whether you love it or not, 
you can mm-hmm. actually uh, sort of relate. So that's that's can I tell my you pl- a little secret, Greg. Yeah. Oh, 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 you don't watch movies. I'm not. Right? I'm not going to watch this movie. Oh, wait, wait. Why? Why? This I have no is, interest in this movie. I'm sorry. It's a thriller. Missing, missing man. John Gallagher Jr. from the newsroom. You don't. You don't. I, care. I wish more men were missing. There's too many of them. <laughs> Winona Ryder. Winona, when we grew up, do not care I, about her at all. Welcome home, Roxy Carmichael Anderson. When we were young teenagers, I was crushing on her. You were probably crushing on her. No, maybe like in Beetlejuice, and then I grew up. Oh, okay. Okay. Hey, uh, what, what I am excited to hear you talk <laughs> about, though, and I thought you were going to go straight there, is Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, Gregor. Well, the, the, here's the thing. Okay, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I gave it. I, I, I mentioned July it. Thank 15th. you. Fifteenth. Yes. They also yes. have Pause of Fury coming out, which uh, will not be seen by me ever. No. Ad, what about Atticus? Looking horrific. Ad- no, no, he's he's better than that. Horrific looking child's movie, and it makes sense that there's no like big blockbuster coming out uh, July fifteenth because they're expecting Thor to continue to rule the uh, the multiplexes, which I imagine it will be doing. Doing I, so. You slowly, you slightly died in my eyes while I was, while I was listening to TFE because you were he, he, showing a little bit of praise to this movie that a sellout like me is not even going to, I'm not even going to see it in the theaters. Thor? Yeah. yeah Thor is what up. every big blockbuster fun, you know, disposable movie should be. It's, it's better than it needed to be. It's, it's got wow. some good laughs. Uh, and uh, Christian Bale was fantastic. And while the tone management wasn't perfect, I appreciated the uh, swings that uh, Taiki Waititi took, and for the most part, it worked for me. It, the, the tonal shifts were were massive, but they weren't jarring to me. Are people getting too over serious when reviewing this movie, and they should lighten up because it's been getting even our buddy uh, Mitch Burns. There's a bunch of people, even Ken Cunningham, people who listen to our stuff. They they just did not like it. I think I think it's like with everything, and this, this happens very often, and I'm sure it happens with critics too. And it all has to do with you know uh, expectations and. Uh, managing your expectations and i went in as i do with pretty much every marvel movie with zero expectations and you know i was hoping that would it would you know touch on some of the same humor and and tone as the first uh, as the last thor movie did and it did for me it, it it satisfied what i thought it possibly could and i think it exceeded my expectations and people that were going in thinking they're going to see something that's going to change their lives are going to be disappointed because it's not going to change your life Speaking of disappointed, I, I, that's why I haven't mentioned Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, Anderson, because, look, it's out July 15th, and I, I had to actually pollute TFB by saying it's a five-star banger, and I was just in fear that you would you watch it. part of the fan flictions, which makes me uncomfortable, and my co-host <laughs> calling himself a fan of something else I do, Greg. <laughs> right. But I, I, was, I was very, very pleased to hear your, uh, your name get brought up on, on the broadcast. I promise not to do that again, but my fear is you watch the you watch this screening link and you said, "What the f is Greg thinking about?" And you, maybe um, you might, of course, correct it on this movie, which stars Leslie Manville as a as a housemaid in London who decides to go to Paris to buy a couture dress in Paris. That is the plot of the movie. So I, I like my, low stakes. Okay, okay, five stars for Did me. It work? Yeah. What are your thoughts on this movie, Anderson? My thoughts are I will be watching it when I get the link on Monday. I scheduled my oh. link because it's one of those crazy 72-hour links, and there's just no way that I would have been able to get to it with all the movies that I have stacked up in between now and Monday. So I'll be watching it Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, if I'm really a true procrastinator, which I am. So chances are I'll be watching this Wednesday and oh. uh, right before the, the, the link expires. And I'm I'm looking forward to being disappointed for uh, from your uh, overselling this movie. Oh, well, I I really ho- oh I well then I I'm a little bit disappointed not just for cinematics but I wish I was hoping Are you surprised? that 
No, no, no. I'm not. I was just thinking maybe even on TFE, hopefully you might be, be able to get a couple of words in on Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris once you see we it. We'll see. Yeah, we'll I will see. You, is this the type of movie we're going to hear more about later in the year? 100%. 100%. Love, yeah. love, every, love everything about this movie. You're and, good at predicting, uh, you know, award bait movies early in the year. You're, yeah. You're pretty good at that. So. Well, I don't. I think I was wrong with Monos or Monos, 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 Monos. Monos. It was up for Monos. best foreign language, I think, or best yeah, uh, international that's film. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. No, this. But you were dead will... on with uh, "Call Me by Your Name." Oh yeah, "Call I love Me that. by Your by Your Nectarine." Yes, I still, I still love eating those, uh, those, those, those things. As, as Terrible, Greg. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, wait. Family show. Uh, so I said, I literally like eating those. Okay, They're not no entendres there, Anderson. So anything else on July fifteenth that you are excited about, or you're you might watch, or it might take a gander on? I think that's just about it, there, Gregor. Uh, for July fifteenth, we have two more weeks, so. That also oh, have interesting picks okay. that need to be uh, discussed, okay. and uh, we will get to those now. What do you got for July 22nd? There's one massive one, oh, and, I want to hear- uh, and we'll talk oh. about a couple others. Well. I want to hear the massive one that you got for, for that. What, what's, the, what's the one that you, you're uh, fantasizing about? Jordan Peele's, Jordan Peele's follow-up to the uh, ever-disappointing Us, which was one of my least favorite movies of that year. I felt like Us was completely half-baked and uh, a real sophomore slump. I'm... I'm not alone in that, but there's a lot of people who do not agree with me on that. But a lot of people love that us. Uh, there's a lot of style, not a whole lot of uh, substance for me. Oh, no, no, wait, well, hold on. I'm going to push back a little right. bit because there are movies that you watch that have a lot of style and no substance. But Anderson, you end up enjoying, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, uh, not with this one. I was asking way too much. Like like I say quite a bit with with movies. It's a, it's a give and take, right? You, you got to give as a filmmaker and. And you got to give as a uh, as an audience member, and I felt like I was being uh, there was too much that I had to give for this movie to be okay for me. I'm talking about us now. However, nope, uh, looks like it could be promising, and it doesn't feel rushed. Us just felt rushed. It, I, I think that his first one, um, Get Out, kind of surprised everyone, including Jordan, including the studios, and they didn't realize what a hit they had on their hands, and they kind of gave him the world. And sometimes when your when your uh, canvas is just too big and the options are just too unlimited uh, i think it shows and i def- definitely felt like that's what what happened with us i felt like he was trying to do too much too fast and uh, make too many big statements and a lot of it just felt like a mess to me so when when it said like the statements and the theme because i still haven't seen the movie do you feel like they, they were you haven't seen us no i i it's you know <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh anderson just left the room for people for the zoomers who aren't watching us on zoom anderson just left the room right? i apologize for that he no i you Get know back. i'll I I'm going to blame everything you. I said about doing shows with you is easier than Brian. How do you not see us? <laughs> no, I'll be honest. We're one of I'm the most a, divisive movies I'm, of I'm that a, year. I'm a lemming. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Uh, because you are, were not such a big fan of it, I, I decided not to watch it. <laughs> so I've, I've actually delayed my oh. my, my watch. Well, of, I, no, I, you, I, <laughs> thank I, you. I take it back again, and now I'm back in your camp. Okay. <laughs> so, no, but, no, but with divisive movies, like, they, like people, People who watch lots of movies and have strong opinions about them, I think it's, it's, it's those are the movies that we really should be watching. Like movies that everyone loves, it's like what kind of you know value can we bring to that? It's like oh, we love it too. It's the movies right. that like people are like really split down the middle. Either you love it or hate it, and it's always interesting to have discussions about those. Well, a colleague of mine who's who's um, a film, also a film critic and, and an even better film critic than me, he actually posted on his Facebook that he just re- he came out of a screening of Nope about several hours ago, and he said. For people who, who are looking for the social statements of us, forget it. You're not going to get it. This is Good. more of a genre film. So it's yes. a straight up alien kind of genre movie. 
So he had, I, I mean, he has social commentary as well, obviously, in Get Out, uh, yes. which I think I thought was much more succinct and uh, palatable. And uh, this one, I I love Jordan Peele. I love his his comedy. I love his. He's just a really really talented guy. And you know, I'm mainly going off of what I know from him with um, uh, Key and Peele, which was uh, amazing. I absolutely love that show. Uh, however, I I really. I, I know that he's capable of more than what we've seen. And I'm hoping that we start to get that. And I, yeah, I've, I've read interviews with him where he, you know, he, he talked about how growing up as a, as a film lover and really loving the horror genre, um, he didn't like the way that obviously, you know, the black characters were portrayed in them or many movies, as well as he felt like he, the horror movies that he liked for the most part were not made for the audience that he was watching it with, which was primarily black. And uh, he wanted to make horror movies. This is from a few years ago, right after he, he did Get Out. And he's, he has an interest in making horror movies for his black audience and where the characters will do what the black audience that he watched a lot of these horror movies growing up uh, were, were asking the cast or the characters to do. Like, so Get Out is great because like he was saying that, uh, you know, a lot of the time you're watching a horror movie with an all black audience and they're telling these foolish uh you know young teenage characters to get out of the house you know get out go away and they don't they go straight to the thing so and same with nope like i think that that's uh, a commentary right there on what he's trying to do right like nope yeah. i'm not doing that nope i'm not <laughs> going in there so uh we'll see i'm i'm excited for him to kind of drop you know all of the the prerequisites that uh, obligatory statements that i think a lot of his audience is expecting him to make and just to make a genre uh pick uh, final question about Jordan Peele for you. Do you think Jordan Peele is a visionary filmmaker or do you think he just has his cinematic fingers on the pulse, the, the, the climate of the day? So far, I've seen him mimic and I haven't really seen a Jordan Peele. Yeah. And I hate uh, to say uh, that. Wait, 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 hey, hey I, I, hello? I, I, can I edit this? I'm trying to get some more listeners to cinematic. Really? Mimicker, uh, so far, I've wow. not really seen. And even even get out like the first two acts were, were probably the most original thing I've seen of his. And then the third act kind of unraveled and became silly, like a Twilight Zone almost. And I, I'm still a little surprised that it got the, the level of um, Oscar attention that it got. But that, I love you, Anderson. That's a, a very candid and frank description of Jordan Peele. And I, I am sure I do think the, he's a genius. Oh, wait, you think I he's think a, that, a genius? Okay, I, mean, I, I wish he was in his own movies too, because he's like the best part of Jordan Peele is his performances. Or I think he's a better performer than a director so and writer so far. But I do see, you know, I I, I see I see him making movies for the next twenty years, and, and I do think that there's going to be some classics in there. I think he's still finding his way. I, you know, I don't right. I don't see anything super original other than elevated horror with uh, you know some succinct uh, commentary for the first one. Anyways, Us was a mess. Like I said, I. Wish I could go back and forth with you, but uh, hey, I guess this is your payback since I can't talk about uh, Mrs. Harris going to Paris. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no worries. I, I'm excited to 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 see your re- to hear your reaction regarding Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I want to actually apologize to you right now on the spot, Anderson, not just for the Zoom audio mix, but over the years it, w- since we've done cinematics, you've asked me a couple of times to hey, let's go get some sushi and not pay for it, and I had no idea what you were saying in front of me, and now after finally seeing Repo Man, I get it. So. I I've just, never said that to you. You you have, haven't I've you? Never said let's go sushi, get sushi and not pay for it. That sounds like a Bruce thing. I, I would imagine Bruce maybe saying that. Do not have mix not... me up with your other co-host. It's very hurtful. 
I swear to God, is this a, a weird, a really weird memory? I, didn't you used to throw repo Maybe man I lines did way back in the nineties? But I mean, I that's, what really? Yeah, that's yeah. It didn't really even uh, make sense to me when you just said it. So perhaps back in the nineties, when movies like the movies that I grew up with were fresher in my mind, there's I got like two thousand, three thousand movies in between uh, the nineties and now, Greg. So some I have of my this- favorites have kind of faded i have this memory of you literally telling me a line from repo man and saying hey and i had no idea what it was and you said no this is from, this is from repo man maybe i'm just making up in a maybe it's like one was of these things years ago why god maybe back in the night maybe back when we knew each other in 95 mm-hmm. 96 who knows mm-hmm. it'll be interesting it, yeah so when's the last time you saw repo man are you still really uh passionate? probably early 2000s Early two. That movie's great. That movie's great. Uh, however, when you're sitting and watching it, there there is a lot to get through. I mean, it doesn't go down super smooth. It really doesn't. But I, I like Alex Cox quite a bit. Didn't Nancy? And uh, I was really excited when he was supposed to be. He was attached to direct uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but that fell through, uh, as everyone knows. But yeah, he's a very interesting uh, a filmmaker. I don't know why we're talking about him right now because I, I guess you want to talk about a movie. No, blown away by from the nineties that you. Yeah, there's a, there's a movie he did. Yeah, there's a movie he did back in ninety one called Highway Patrolman, and I've been I, I ad nauseum about how amazing it is. And since you're a filmmaker yourself, Anderson, I think it's some it's a movie that and you love actually one of the things that you love over a, a lot of the podcasters that I actually not just as a collaborator, but you you are just a a talented researcher and you love di- really digging deep into cinema history. But the the I try the stuff to. That, yeah, the, the stuff with uh, with Highway Patrolman that if you actually dig deep, if you ever have time, you're going to really love it. And I hope one day I'm going to get Bruce or Eric or Mitch or Andrew Martin to actually, once they see it, once Andrew or Mitch sees it, to actually try to get it onto the other show over TFV for a flick, a flick fashion for you guys. Because it's, it's, a, it's a movie that I think you will rank really high as far as influential. I'm not saying Buffalo 66 level, but I'm saying... Mm-hmm. Anderson, now at this age, you will be very inspired by his his uh, verite filmmaking and his and his uh, aesthetic because you've always loved Alex Cox, right? So yeah, yeah, I do like his punk rock aesthetic. Uh, let me ask you this: so What in God's name does this have to do with the uh, second half of July, twenty twenty two? I just I just think well I'll tell you one thing okay put me on the spot I'll tell you because you and I both came from the audio field I'm just trying to put in some evergreen audio content for our our cinephile listeners but no oh, it has- that's that's a good model Let, let's put some evergreen in <laughs> and it's surrounded by uh, very very uh, current stuff <laughs> yeah I just I'm just throwing that out there listeners. You know, for for years, ever since I've known Anderson, he's been an Alex Cox guy, and now I, I never have been. I still haven't seen Sid and Nancy, the full movie. I don't know how brilliant it is, but I love Repo Man. I'm a recent convert to Alex Cox, and Anderson has been a fan for quite a while. So as far as July twenty July twenty second, I think that's the only one. There's a documentary called that. Bruce and Eric want me to see called This Is Guar. It's going to be on Shutter. I know nothing about this. This, this, this like they're like a rock metal band. I don't know if you've heard about them, Anderson Guar. They they dress up. I can't tell if you're kidding. No, no, yeah. Oh no, no. I'm not kidding. I don't know. We've never had a Guar conversation, but (laughs) yeah, they're just you and I. The Guar stuff has never, uh, yeah, never never come up. Yeah, yeah, I'm a massive fan of Guar. No, you're joking, right? You're joking. No, I love Guar. I've seen them live multiple times. I was very, very sad when the uh, the the lead singer died, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see this documentary. Love Guar. 
what would make him special? I'm clueless now. This is like an Alice Cox from early aughts that I had no you idea. You don't know anything about Guar? I mean, I, I saw something that Eric wanted to see, like some Guar movie. I think Guar did a movie that was weird, and I, I liked it several months ago, but <laughs> kind of, and it was disgusting. I, I think tangentially related, or some of the creators are, are related to uh, P- uh, Psycho Gorman somehow. There's some crossover there. But no, Guar was a uh, performance artist band i also like their music quite a bit uh okay. they, they would do things like they would take an nwa song and uh do a, a parody of it called like weird al yankovic <laughs> but uh, much more hardcore with like just filthy lyrics they all did uh dressed up i remember i was probably 16 17 you know seeing them at local uh houses out here like the palladium probably saw them four or five times and they they, they just put on a really great offensive show at one point they brought a priest out you won't like this greg and they were um, <laughs> they were doing naughty things to his his orifices with uh, uh, a crucifix, that kind of thing. Like they they they, uh, they, gonna, do, they go they go hard in the crease, Greg. I'm gonna I, I don't know what an orifice is, so I'm gonna look it up right now because please, please they <laughs> they take out like uh, <laughs> I think they had yeah they had <laughs> it was the like the 90s right, and they they had big giant syringes that came out with giant syringes filled with blood. Uh, oh. you know, it was Kool Aid. And it had, and it, it just had AIDS on the on the syringes, and they're just squirting the audience with with AIDS blood, like that kind of um, poor bad taste. But they were all very smart, uh, as far as I could tell. And I remember reading some of them were at MIT or something like. So they, they went to like prestigious colleges. Some of them they they knew what they were doing. It was a uh, performance piece for sure, marketing, and uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. They all wore the, you know, you know, look, you watch the NFL. Yeah, I, I love the NFL. Look, like your your buddy Bob Bryan. By the way, Anderson, I'm, I'm no sorry. No more Bob Bryan talk. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but your your take on fantasy football. Uh, I'm sorry, but but you, but you okay? I was going to say about fantasy football being almost as as amazing as an Orson Welles film. I just want to throw that out to you. You know, it's just mm-hmm. almost as good as Barry Lyndon fantasy football. Were you offended when I drew a parallel to uh, uh, what was it? The uh, the the cards game. The what what is the name of that card? I, I game? I forgot oh, the name. But you were you were throwing some vectives at at fantasy football uh, fans like me and, and and Brian and I'm sure I'm sure Avery's a fantasy football. Yeah, I'm just saying, Anderson. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. One of these right, days. Well, anyways, the black hole over there in uh, now Las Vegas, right? But the, the old Oakland black hole in the end zone. Like they they all dress up like uh, like budget Guar guys for the most part. Oh yeah. <laughs> Balzac was one of the one of the guys. They're all named after like famous philosophers. Balzac has a giant uh, bear trap for uh, for his head. Good that stuff. Does. Good That's stuff. Good. The girl is very attractive and half naked. Uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, they they had syringes also filled with blue liquid, and it was very cool, refreshing liquid in the hot, sweaty pit that you're in. You're getting sprayed in the face with this fake uh, AIDS blood, as well as uh, some, I think it's just a crack or PCP or something. They're just squirting the audience with these giant syringes. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Uh, well, Michael look, Jackson's head got set on fire on stage, like a fake I- Michael Jackson, obviously. I think when the lead singer passed, I think they had some kind of really big ceremony oh, where where they got the arrow in the with the fire and they actually yeah, they did the, one of those like things. A Viking. That, yeah, I think so. I believe so. Um, that's not a joke. I don't yeah. know as much about. I'm not like a Guar nerd, but I really appreciate Guar and listen to the one album. Um, for I don't know a good year of my life, I, I, a lot. I listen okay. to it quite a bit. So this is Guar on Shutter next week, July twenty second. Are you, if you have time, will you be watching this? Possibly, will you give yourself some time to see the documentary? Maybe. Yes, I would like to to watch it. I might even get the, the old wife to watch it with me. She's not old, but I called her that. Yeah. I don't see Jillian and Guar. That doesn't. That's like me and I don't know. Uh, 
not having rice for two years. That doesn't it might quite... be interesting. I watched an insane clown posse documentary with her not too long ago. Okay. I can, get her on, I can get her on board on all sorts of documentaries. What about Alone Together, also coming out July 22nd, Greg? I'm uh, no, just because Katie no, Holmes is directing this. Interesting. No, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I saw the uh, the screening link availability and the talent availability, but for me, I, Alone Together just does not, does not seem like it would work. more. It's for Katie me, Holmes writes, directs, stars, and I'm Alone Together. That makes which, me mean, uh, right? To, to not yeah, it makes honor. you very mean. Uh, okay. But, I, you know, she's, she's also got one called Rare Objects, which is in post-production. So she's, she's doing a lot of work. She's, uh, you know, m- pivoted to uh, writing, directing, and starring. She's making her own opportunities. I, I appreciate that. And I haven't seen anything she's written or directed, but uh, I'm curious. This, this one's two strangers embroiled in a bad relationship wind up in the same upstate New York Airbnb, which is a, a fun little um, setup. Uh, sounds a little student filmy, but we'll see. This is also uh, starring Der- uh, Derek Luke and Jim Sturgis. I, I don't know you if know, I'm going to rush out to see this one, but it's it's it's, it's interesting. Possibility if we let's say had Melissa a Leo, Melissa Leo is oh. also in this. Okay, I'm sold. If Melissa Leo is in it, I, I love Melissa Leo. No no joke there. She's a what great actress. What if Melissa Leo wrote and directed it? Would you be out? Uh, no, I'd be, hearing, I'd be a million no respect uh, for, for women, uh, uh, for women yeah. and filmmakers yeah. and artists. That's that's not true. That's not. But I, you know, I, I, I uh, uh, one of these days, I was going to make an alone, alone joke, but I, I just don't know how to actually. You're going to make a who a what joke? Uh, my my my, my uh, movie, if I'm directing it, it's not going to be. It's going to be called Alone Alone because you know I don't have any oh, friends other than you in the podcast. Yeah. And then me and you know, there's a younger woman who's talk, actually talking to me today at a Cuban coffee shop, and I I, I was so uh, you know I was so uh, she said I look younger than fifty. She was saying nice things and. I was really awkward. I didn't even know how to form a sentence. So I, don't, I just I just talked to you and Bruce and Eric. So I don't know how to talk to people or women. Greg, why you, why do right. you make things so sad? Uh, see, why see, do you do very, that? Very sad moment. I'm sorry. Where are you right was, now, Greg? Uh, I'm, I'm in, in your my, bedroom. I'm, are you? Um, yeah, I'm in my bedroom. I'm sorry. There's this there's is the, not there's, your bedroom. Is no, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my bedroom. Actually, AKA no signs of life here. There's no signs of any uh, life. Why just, do you have like me. a little like? Pink? Yeah. Yeah, bouquet behind you. That's just that's just my my mother just put there, and then that is very old lady. And then I have yeah, thank you. And then I have a poster of a little Jackie Jackie from uh, Natalie Portman and La La Land. So I apologize Mm -hmm. for the aesthetic choices. That's so alone together. July twenty second, July twenty ninth, wrapping up the month. There's a movie called Not Okay, starring Zoe Deutsch and quote an ambitious young woman played by Zoe Deutsch finds followers and fame when she poses as a survivor of a deadly attack. But she soon learns that online notoriety comes with a terrible price. Thank you, IMDb, for the summary. The reason why I'm excited for Not Okay, which co-stars Dalen O'Brien, it's directed and penned by this young woman named Quinn Shepard. And mm-hmm. Quinn Shepard, several years ago, directed this movie, actually back in 2017, that I loved called Blame. So I've been waiting for her to actually do a movie. And I championed that film when it came out. And five years later, it, she's coming out with this really cool, hopefully cool movie called Not Okay. And for us, for us, Anderson, and for all our listeners, it's going to be very easy to watch because it'll be streaming if you have Hulu. So it's, it's going to be streaming on Hulu July 29th. That's my big pick for July 29th that I'm going to watch. Big How, pick. What, well, yeah, that's the one I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch. How about you? What's, what's, the, what's your July? If you have a July 29th choice. Well, that. I mean, DC League of Super Pets looks uh, absolutely awful. So that's always nice to see something that is coming out that's uh, going to take up uh, some theater space that I don't have to see. Uh, that's, always, <laughs> that's always nice. I mean, it looks really, really bad. 
about right. Superman's dog and Batman's dog, and uh, I, I couldn't care le- any, any less about that. Uh, Ron Howard's got a new one coming out called 13 Lives, um, and this one's a rescue mission is assembled in Thailand where a group of young boys and their soccer coach are trapped in a system of underground caves that are flooding. Now, this might sound familiar because it's based on a true story, and it's also um, the same subject that was covered very effectively by uh, Jimmy Chen from last year uh, called The Rescue, which was a Nat Geo documentary that was fantastic. But you, you're uh, fine. Be- you're, you're, a fa- you're a huge fan of Ron Howard and that you're excited. No, I am not. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about right now. Are I, you making more goes, jokes, Greg? No, I, I'm just to read you. This goes back to the whole sushi thing, which I thought we actually had a moment years ago with Reaper Why Man would I be a fan of the most milquetoast director uh, I, working in Hollywood? I don't remember you saying that. You were saying something about, wow, I wish I, when we were growing up over the 90s, you said, wow, I wish I could meet someone like Daryl Hannah and then, you know, from after watching Splash. And then you mentioned stuff like Night Shift. You like Night Shift? I love him? Night Shift. That's his okay, first movie. See, that's his. I, it's that's got his the best West, movie. He's got the Wes Anderson effect with me. Like I loved his first movie, and nothing's come close to, to anything since Night Shift for me. I mean, he's made some really, really big, popular uh, award bait movies. Apollo thirteen. Like, yeah, it, it, it's fantastic. It, it's great, but uh, there's, there's, it's not really a movie that is made for me, and I, I'm going to cite a bunch of times. You know, it, it's a fantastic movie for what it is. Anderson, but Ron it, Howard, no. All kidding aside, all kidding, to play devil's advocate, is Hillbilly the fact elegy. Oh, right, okay, <laughs> which I haven't seen yet. But the thing is, you, you talked about Milk Toast director. Is that a knock because maybe his movies are so? If you look at it, he has a really diverse body of work, and his work, his cinema style is very non-distinct. Is that why maybe you're giving him a lot more strikes than possible regarding the Milk Toast reference? And all you know, all kidding aside, maybe yeah, because no, he could, yeah, he's. He's fine for he's serviceable director. I just I mean, for my what I what turns me on about movies is when I can see actual fingerprints and I can see style, like painting. Like if he if he was like a modern artist, he would probably just paint, you know, like a a fairly realistic structure. Like that would that would yeah. you'd see, or maybe like his his paintings would be like paintings of McDonald's. Yeah, like you know his I mean? li- his lithographs would kill rather than the, than the original painting, right? People would buy his lithographs over the, than the original, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think I think that he's a safe bet for the studio. Not gonna you know go too far in one direction or the other. And if the story's good, it's gonna be good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to make a parallel with with him and um, Gus Van Sant, which is is can only be found there where Gus knows when to take his foot off the pedal as far as style goes, which he did with Goodwill Hunting. There's very little Gus to be found in there because that story was so good. His, right. his style would have taken away from it. I, I think that Ron Howard sometimes needs style for some of the stories that he tells, like Hillbilly Elegy. Could have some recasting and uh, maybe a little style could have made that movie palatable. Uh, this one might be a perfect subject for, for Ron Howard because it's a, such a good story there. We, we're not going to need a whole lot of... Uh, or uh, artistic uh, touches. You know what I mean? Did you defend Solo when it came out? No joke aside. Did you? Did you? Oh, defend... I really liked Solo. I really liked it because there's still a lot of Phil Lord in there. I think. Okay, and again, that I mean, goes back to a bunch of stuff. Right. So he's like a utility filmmaker for you, like a utility director. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Right? Isn't he? Isn't he? You know what? A lot of this stems from too is I saw that he has a master class for directing, which I think is. Uh, could do way more harm than good if he's teaching other uh, filmmakers to direct in his style. It's like, no, stop. No, what? Why? No, please. No, let's not do that. You know what I mean? 
We need okay. more. Well, I, I was going to actually say something that that's probably a poison to your ears. But what if he's teaching other filmmakers how to how to work within the studio system and make these kind of A to B movies and to guarantee themselves a mortgage that they pay in, in, in like something this like yearly this annuity, you know what I mean? To actually direct safe movies that the mass can consume. I think I hate to say it, Anderson. I think there might be a value in that, or maybe am I wrong on this regarding the value of that kind a of value master- for for the for the people who would make a living and be able to pay their mortgage for sure. But a value for me as a consumer of cinema, no. Not a value. Right? This is this is my okay. I uh, this is my my way for for me to, to say that maybe you might be having a better time over the after the disaster or the film vault one. As I'm getting older, I'm trying to bring you back into because you have all the you have all the skills. I'm trying to make you more populist so you could have more money flowing into your coffers. Oh, and, I populist entertainment, Anderson, to embrace <laughs> to to embrace. You know that that sushi reference. We don't need sushi. We can go out and and get a nice cheeseburger and fries. It, at, at our local place, you know, get my time in a place that's called summertime. And, uh, you know, that's why Thor is out there right now, but I like art that actually says something and looks like something and you can tell what it is. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, he would, he would paint pictures of a, the, the Ron Howard style, like belongs inside McDonald's. Like it should be like on the walls, you know, like the nondescript stuff. You don't even really notice that kind of, okay. Okay. That's it. Well, that's these. I think these are all the films that we've covered. That that Thirteen Lives could be really good, though. That that said, Thirteen Lives might be fantastic. Right, right. We didn't even talk about who who's in it. Uh, as you'd imagine, everyone's in this movie. You got the Colin Farrell over there, Joel Edgerton, uh, Viggo Mortensen, uh, and you know what? Hmm, interesting. Yeah, this movie's going to come under fire. There's going to be a lot of controversy about this movie. I would imagine. So the story, are you? How familiar are you with the? the I didn't story? see the. I didn't see the documentary, but I am familiar because of it made headlines in the day, and uh, you know, like a, like a moron, I don't listen to. It looks like they have a bunch of white knights coming in to save the day, which kind of happened with the uh, British uh, cave divers. It's a fascinating documentary, and I highly recommend it. Called the Rescue, Jimmy Chan, who also brought us Free Solo, uh, which is different from Solo. Look at this, all this crossover, confusing. If you're listening, I understand that, but uh, yeah, I, this movie I think might be controversial. I think they might come off as tone deaf. I don't know. We'll see. Sure. And it's going to be in theaters. Charlito Copley. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is going to be one of these uh, theatrical releases, not even on streaming, then I, I'm assuming. So maybe Disney oh, 13, Plus. Yeah. 13 Lives is going to be a big, a big, uh, it's, it's in theaters July 29th, and then all, it hits Prime August 5th. Okay. Right, yeah, it's, and no one's going to, yeah, this movie is going to be awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be okay. I'm doing a lot of vacillating, Greg. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Are you okay now, before we go, Anderson, are, are you okay now with so many movies, you know, with you being a filmmaker and, and you, we are every single week with all with the podcast you have to do, you have to watch, like you said, five to six movies. Are you okay with the glut of movies that are coming, not just our way, but our listeners' way? Or do you think there's just a, too much too soon as far as the, the movies being released? There's just too much stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, that's why we kind of created this was to cut through some of the noise and, and, why did I see Copley? I, maybe Copley's not in this. Ah, it's okay. You, know you, lecture, you, you had some Why choppy dreams. It's okay. See, we have, we have we're having this Christopher Nolan memory lapse things going on in our in our in our um, autumnal years. I'm going to say this because I'm older than you. You're, you're, you still have you still have several years left of, of clarity, Anderson. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So you, you'll mm-hmm. be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, there's too much stuff, and I got. And I've said this before, and so, uh, forgive me, guys, if you've already heard me say this, but uh, the, the, I think the main problem is the, uh, the, the the streamers. 
Oh, I learned this just the other day, Greg. This is very inside, but for those of you who listen closely or are interested in how the, uh, the business works, they, uh, don't quote me on which state, but one of the, one of the bigger states where they're always giving tax incentives for uh, productions to go to, uh, they, there's a big state which gets a lot of business and a lot of productions do stuff, and it's incentivized for it to be miniseries rather than features. So if you're doing a miniseries, like a 12-hour miniseries, you're going to get way more tax breaks than if you were to shoot there for a two-hour uh, feature. Uh, features are becoming increasingly harder to fund, uh, to, to make money back on, because everything is going to miniseries. People would rather spend 12 hours sitting in their bed watching a story unfold than two hours in a theater or even in their own house watching uh, um, a story unfold. And that's, that's a problem for me. That's what I, if there's time sucks, Greg, people are, are spending 10 hours watching the Queen's Gambit, which admittedly was very good, but they could have watched two and a half hours and maybe gotten more out of that movie and then watched four other movies. You know what I mean? So it's definitely morphing, not for the better as far as I'm concerned. And that's the real problem. I, I like I like your take, Anderson, and I 100% agree with you. That said, I wonder if your take is gone the way of the dodo bird, meaning whatever you said, though I 100% support it, are we the dinosaurs that are going – are they going to put that sentiment out to pasture or is it already finished? Is Yeah, yeah is I mean it, part of it – you can definitely say, oh, look at the boomer, which I'm not uh, – and say, you know, oh, he wants the things to be the way that they were when they were growing up. But I mean it's not just based in you know what I'm used to and what I grew up with. It's it's based in sheer numbers where like you could watch five solid stories from five different voices about five different subjects. And the same time that you, it would take you to watch most of these middling um, mini series or even, you know, seasonal series that go on for, you know, five, six seasons, which when you really take a step back, they're not great. They're just, there's something to do. There's, there's something to watch. You're, there might be four or five storylines going on. You're really interested in two, but there's like three or four like B plots that you don't really even care about, but it's just filler. There's so much filler in these things. And it's to keep you on the platform. It's to keep you, you know, with the cliffhanger so that you keep giving them money each month so that you can see what happens with the few characters that you care about. Whereas as far back to the numbers, like I, I far prefer I, personally, I'd much rather watch spend that time watching five, six different movies, two of which might be great. You know what I mean? So I guess golden rule is unless it's Patriot, go for the cinema, number one. For every Patriot, there's like 15 shows that are not worth watching. Uh, Patriot <laughs> keeps on giving to a new, a new, uh, a new Leslie Cleric uh, podcast just got released a couple of days ago or maybe today uh, where it's just, it's that character, even though the show is now defunct. Um, Kurtwood Smith still shows up and, and reads from his book and tells stories from his childhood. Oh, it's glorious. It's like you're tapping right back into Patriot. Oh, Patriot's so good. Uh, oh, that's very cool. As we go, Anderson, you have anything you want to mention to, to the listeners, that what, what you're doing, projects you're working? What, what did, Are we missing something before we sign off? Yes, we are. We are missing something up. We are missing Vengeance. Oh, Vengeance. Oh, BJ Novak? Yes? Yes. Oh, Radio host from New York City attempts to solve the murder of a girl he hooked up with and travels down south to investigate the circumstances of her death discover what happened to her this is uh an interesting uh, uh little uh movie from yes bj novak he wrote it and directed it and uh yeah that's an interesting one that comes out july 29th i'm not sure where it will be i think it's theaters only i think that that's a theaters only 
And do I have okay. anything else before probably, we get out of here for this month? Well, I, at least listeners, if you want to check out our Patreon, on ni- we're, we're doing the year 1956. Anderson's choice is very interesting. It's the bad seed, which I've which I've never seen. Anderson, you just wanted to to, watch, to pick this movie because it's a cult favorite. Is that why this was your choice for 1956? Yeah, and Mark Crimmins has been uh, hounding me about this movie for for months, if not years. Uh, but before we get back on that, Craig, yes, um, if you're if you're like me, then you are. Um, a huge fan of Rebecca Hall and mm. uh, she has a, a new one. She will be uh, starring in resurrection. She's starring in resurrection. She's the lead in a, a movie called resurrection, which also comes out July 29th. This is my final pick, Greg. And it's Margaret's life is in order. She is capable, disciplined and successful. Everything is under control. That is until David returns carrying with him the horrors of Margaret's past. Now that's a story that sounds a little bit tired. Uh, however, Rebecca Hall makes everything she's in, that much better. Like she just she elevates everything she's in. Tim Roth is David. Rebecca Hall is Margaret, and uh, this could be a good one. Andrew C- uh, Siemens is the writer director, so you get a single vision there, which I always like. Uh, and Andrew Siemens uh, did something called Nancy Please uh, from 2012. And this is his first movie in 10 years. And I forgot that Rebecca Hall movie that she was in last year. I think you you kind of liked it. It was some kind of psychological thriller. I, I hear that. Yeah, really she good. was great. She's always great in the Night House. Uh, oh, I didn't. Yeah. It, it's funny because that was such a middly movie. It was neither here nor there. It didn't really work for me in a lot of a lot of ways. I hate when people say it didn't work for me because, but it didn't. It, it didn't work. However, uh, there's there's some interesting ideas there. But there's a desk that her late husband uh, worked at. He was like an architect. And that yeah. desk was so impressive. It was this very, very long desk with uh, two different computer stations. I think it was supposed to be like a his and hers. Anyways, I loved it so much that I uh, emulated it. And that's what I got going on in the garage just because I saw that in the movie. So you never know what you're going to get out of a movie, right? Like I, I didn't love the movie, but I loved a, a, a piece of furniture that I saw in the movie. And I built a desk to mimic the, uh, the, the dimensions in my garage. Yeah. That's that's amazing. How, how's that working for you? How's that desk doing? Doing, doing okay? Oh, the desk? Yeah. It's covered. It's cluttered with all my stuff. I need to clear it and start doing some actual good work on it. It's just so hot in my garage because it's summertime. Summertime. It's, and but yeah, that's of my before, last one for Rebecca yeah. Hall. I mean, who, who doesn't love Rebecca Hall? Well, if you love her so much, Anderson, maybe one of these days we've got to go see her movie. If you haven't already, from last year, she she actually, I believe, I don't know if she wrote or, but she definitely directed that that black and white film, Passing. So I thought. I saw Passing. Oh, how did she fit? Was a director? Okay. She's fine in her voice. I mean, there was some good stuff there, and there was some, um, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen some some different things, some different choices. But it was an interesting story, and it was based uh, on a book from the time, and uh, it, it definitely gave me. Pers- perspective on things that I never really thought about. It was about um, a light-skinned uh, black woman uh, back in, um, I was like, the t- I want to say the 20s or 30s, who okay. passed as, yeah. a, as, as a uh, white person. Yeah. And um, she, you know, so she saw all sides of life and she saw like the really ugly things. And, uh, but yeah, there was some, there, I had some issues with the script. Uh, like, okay. I don't want to get into it, but like, yeah, it seems like it was. It had one foot in 2022 and one foot. It didn't seem um, the, like the the voice did not seem authentic from its time. If that makes okay. Sense. Speaking of issues, thank you guys so much for listening to us on Cinematics. If there are some audio issues, remember, I am the one to blame. I am I'm the one that that's me with the Zoom. So I apologize. Hopefully, you guys got some good content for this. You know, uh, obviously, Anderson, I'm going to shut up now. So you can you can uh, say say your piece. 
Uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who has been uh, checking out Addie's Antiques, with my, which is my wife and I's little like side hustle project, which is fun. It, it gives uh, Jillian and I something uh, to do that doesn't involve watching uh, mediocre television. And uh, uh, she's thrilled to, uh, it's the first time she's ever had any interaction with my audience. And she's, I guess, pleasantly surprised is the word. She's, she's very surprised at everyone because she assumes that people that like me are going to be jerks. And I'm like, that's yeah. not the case, honey. Like a lot of people can see through like my my uh, rough aesthetic, uh, surface aesthetic, just like you did, honey. Like you, you know. So I have a lot of very quality people that listen to, to, to my stuff. And uh, thank you very much to everyone who is uh, clicking through and buying stuff off of uh, her site. You can find her over at, at Addie's Antiques. I take uh, a lot of the pictures, and uh, she posts most of the things, and she does all the business stuff. So she goes back and forth. If you're buying something or, or asking questions, uh, she's the one who's helping you out with that. And it's mostly uh, vintage glassware. She's very into like Pyrex and Fenton and Viking and all that kind of stuff. That's very, very right? cool. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. Yeah, guys, go check out Eddie's Antiques. All that stuff will be in our show notes for cinematics. And A-T-T-Y-S Antiques. A-T-T-Y-S Antiques. And uh, that is it. All right, buddy. Thanks very much, Greg. I miss you. I wish you were in person here so I could clap your butt. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you uh, soon.